remember trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Cause it's time Hello again everybody and welcome back to Random Discard I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts And joining me as always is Rich Rich, how are you tonight? I'm doing really well, thank you that is good to hear. Good to hear. So, hey, uh, we didn't record last week. And, no, we uh, didn't. That's because I was in the hospital. Uh, now, Rich knows this. Like you want to call that an excuse, <laughs> I guess. I Such a terrible excuse. I just had to drive myself to the ER so that they could... Uh... Oh, Jen couldn't even take you? Well, at the time, I was I was up in Mount Pleasant where, uh, where I work. Uh, rather than down here in Lansing with her. So, yeah, I was, I was by myself. And, uh, yeah... I, I, so here, okay, let's just, let's just do a brief, brief story, story time with clues, briefly. I'm, I'm kind of scared. Yeah, so for the past several months, I've been having some issues that I thought were gallbladder attacks, which if you've never had a gallbladder attack, it's excruciating, absolutely excruciating. And so I, I did what you're supposed to do. I went to my primary care doc and I'm like, hey, I've been having this going on. I, uh, I think that it's, uh, I think that it's totally my gallbladder. I have a family history of gallbladder problems. Let's, let's get that taken a look at. And so we scheduled an ultrasound for me to go in uh, and, and get, uh, and it was scheduled for last Sunday. Well, last Thursday rolls around, which as you'll notice, Thursday is before Sunday. And I had an attack that was so bad, I could barely think straight. Oh my God, it was horrible. And so I'm like, there is no way in hell I am making it to Sunday. If that's what this is, forget it. I'm going to the ER. And so I drove myself to the ER, and uh, they agreed. That really sounded like a gallbladder problem, so they, they got me an ultrasound right away. And yeah, yeah, that sucker needed to come out. Holy crap, did that sucker need to come out. So get this. Uh, your gallbladder, which, by the way, is one of those organs that you have but you kind of don't need and often causes problems, it stores bile, which is generated uh, by, I believe, the liver, and is used in the digestion of uh, fats. So, uh, isn't uh, bile poison to our body? Uh, too much of it, yes. Uh, a little bit of it's fine, uh, but the gallbladder stores extra in case you need it. But the gallbladder also has this terrible, terrible habit of making gallstones, which are like little calcified rocks that don't need to exist. But the gallbladder makes them because he's dumb. Well, typical gallstones are about half a centimeter in size. Uh, they can be smaller than that. They can get much bigger than that. Mine was two centimeters, and uh, it was blocking the duct that leads out of the gallbladder. And my gallbladder was terribly infected. So they're like, yeah, that's that's got to go. So that's where I was last Thursday, so we couldn't record. And last Friday, I was actually having surgery. And I am such a happier man now that that bastard is gone. I bet. It is so much better. So that's that's why there was no show last week. Sorry about that, folks. I'll try to keep my health problems to a minimum. Again, how dare you? I know. I know. It's just awful. So before we get to our main topic this week, and I, I should state just for the record, we are not, I repeat, not talking about uh, Eldritch Moon spoilers this week because they're not done yet. There are still more spoilers coming, uh, as far as I know. So we want to wait until they're all... So probably next show we'll, we'll talk about all that. But there is at least one card that you and I, Rich, need to discuss right now. Do you remember when we began this show? Oh, oh those s- many years ago. Do you remember that? You mean the ironic title? 
of our episode? Yes, in fact. The very first episode of this show, uh, which at the time this show was called Card Advantage. We, we have changed the name to Random Discard relatively recently, but if, you, if you're new, you may not have known that. But the very first episode was entitled, Does Emrakul Need Trample? And I think it was in reference to, was it World Spine Worm? Yes. Because at the time, uh, we were in the Return to Ravnica block, and World Spine Worm comes out, and it's, uh, it's what, a 15-15 with Trample, and when it dies, it makes some dudes. And we asked the question, because, I mean, Emrakul was the only other fit at the time, and we asked the question, not in the show, just in the title, because we were funny that way. Does Emrakul need Trample? Well, there's a new... Emrakul on the block. Emrakul, the promised end, exists in uh, in Eldritch Moon, the second of the Shadows Over Innistrad blocks. So, I put the question to you, Rich. Does Emrakul, in fact, need trample? Let's no. talk about this card itself. I've always said no to that answer. I'm inclined to agree. So, just in case someone's living under a rock... Let's uh, let's mention Emrakul, the Promised End. He costs 13 generic mana. He is a legendary creature. I'm sorry, she. I keep calling it a he. It's Emrakul is a she. That is, according to the nice folks at Wizards. Although, honestly, something this weird and otherworldly, I'm not sure that our genders actually work. But there we go. So Emrakul, the Promised End, costs 13. Legendary creature, Eldrazi. Emrakul, the Promised End, costs one less to cast for each card type among cards in your graveyard. Wow. When you cast Emrakul, you gain control of target opponent during that player's next turn. After that turn, that player takes an extra turn. And it has flying, trample, and protection from instants. There's a lot to unpack here. Like, a lot. A lot. So let's start with the original question. It's now a thirteen thirteen, not a fifteen fifteen. Does it need trample? Rich, what do you think? No. Okay. Why not? You're already you're already not blocking it because it's gonna kill your opponent because you're gonna just make all their creep opponents not block. Right. So the fact that uh, you gain control of your opponent and uh, you're gonna make them do dumb things to tap all their dudes down. You're you're saying that, but but keep in mind, keep in mind. Even though we take a control of our opponent, our opponent then gets a turn before we get to do something. So basically, our opponent's going to get two turns in a row. One turn, we get to mess with them. And then the well, turn after that, they, they might untap all their dudes. Well, this one, I guess this one's not as bad as having Trample, strictly because it doesn't have Annihilator 6. Oh, yeah, good God. The Annihilator mechanic was just a horrible, horrible thing. I think that's what made uh, the fact that Trample would have been just redundant on it. Yeah. Um, and this one's not protection from all colors either. Right. Just instance. So, because before, tra- tra- I mean, Trample almost really didn't matter just because you pretty much couldn't block him anyways. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's This one's it's not so bad. Um, I don't like that the way there's ways of making it cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me let me chime in on the trample. I don't think this card needs trample. Now I get most it. Most things with flying don't. Yeah, it's to be honest. It's big. It's ugly. It's gonna it's gonna kill you, and it's just a matter of time. I, I get that. It's very splashy, but since it's got flying, it probably doesn't need the trample. But there it is. It's got it. 
But now this cheaper thing. Okay, yeah, let's talk about this cheaper thing. So what kinds of things could you have in your graveyard? So card types. We've got uh, instant sorcery, creature, land, enchantment, planeswalker, and tribal. So theoretically... It's probably not going to happen, but theoretically, this thing could cost seven cheaper. So you're talking six mana for a 13-13 flying trample protection from instance, and I get to take your turn for a minute. I mean, if you think about it, just a couple things about this card. This, I mean, great, I'm not thinking of, I don't want to think of standard in this case, but I want to think of commander. Sure. One, that's not going to be hard to do. Oh, no. Not Two, that's, that's already putting you in a graveyard deck, and unlike the old... Eldrazi Titans, that he doesn't shuffle himself from the yard. This so is true. So, yeah, and the thing is, you're a 13 flyer with trample, the protection from instance. Who even cares what the extra turn? Because it sounds weird. It's very weird. How the extra turn works. It's, it just sounds very odd to me. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure exactly what they were... Th- I mean... I think we can all agree that if it was just a normal mind slaver effect where, okay, I cast this dude, now I take your turn, now it's my turn again, that would be too good. Yeah, but Watsy doesn't like doing that stuff anymore. Doesn't like giving you those kind of, kind of power. Like, they're not going to give you that much upside. There's going to be a downside to it. Yeah. But still, it is odd. Very odd. And I don't know if you've seen the full artwork for this. You can only kind of see a little bit of it on the card there, but there's a bunch of artwork that's like behind the text box. The artwork for this is actually phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I haven't seen the full art one, but I saw the regular one. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the new Emrakul. I'm, I'm not a big fan. Uh,. I'm not a big fan of Emrakul being on Innistrad at all, but that's that's a topic for another podcast. Look, we way back when we did a flavor cast of the original Innistrad, and we it wasn't our best work. Once this block is done, and we have the storyline for Shadows over Innistrad, we're going to go back and we're going to bring the flavor cast crew back, and we are going to cover both Innistrad blocks together and the tangential pieces that you need to be aware of to make it go, and. I'm sure that we will talk all about it uh, then. But for now, uh, not not a fan. That's what I'll say. But, I mean, you don't like the Eldrazi in general. You probably don't think they belong anywhere. Uh, I, I think that there's some story... Well, okay, so let, let's talk about this for just a second. I think... By, by the way, have you got sound playing from an ad, or is that something on my end? That's got to be on your end. I don't hear anything on my end. That's weird. I've got to have a tab open someplace that keeps trying to play an ad. Because I keep hearing bits and pieces of it. It's very bizarre. Oh, because yeah, cause I don't. And I would imagine you would hear it if I would hear it if you did. Yeah, I would think so. Maybe maybe I'm having auditory hallucinations. I hope not. Uh, so let's talk story for just a second. Okay, so uh, Watsy long ago used to make books for their blocks. And they were... I'm going to be generous and call them a mixed bag. Some some were terrible. Some were not quite terrible. Overall, they weren't great. But now the story is told through short stories on the mothership. And I've been following them pretty closely because I do like flavor. Uh, and I've read all of them except for this week's. I was too busy to, to read this week's yet, but I will. It's, it's, it's got Liliana in it. You'll like it, I think, because Liliana's there. The I mean, it's El- not like it's Soren or anything. The Eldrazi as the antagonists 
Look, I knew they would be our antagonists when we went back to Zendikar. That makes perfect sense. They were such a integral part of Zendikar. But I don't really like the way that story ended on Zendikar. Well, yeah, because Nissa's awful. Thorin should have cut her head off. Well, okay, there is that. I mean, Nissa did survive way too long. But the Eldrazi themselves, uh, Ulamog and Kozilek, even though Ugin said, seriously, don't try and kill these things, it could be really bad with a capital B for the multiverse in general. Cut that out. The Super Friends decided to anyway, and they may have succeeded in actually proper killing Ulamog and Kozilek. And then Emrakul's not there, right? So he's just gone. Excuse me. She. she. She's just gone. So Emrakul is somewhere else, and there's this mystery. Where is Emrakul? What's Emrakul up to? Okay, that's a nice little, like, dangling thread to leave out there for us to uh, have to think about and have to pick up on, you know, in a few blocks. Then we step off to Innistrad, and crazy stuff is going down on Innistrad, and we'll talk all about that story someday again, not today. But something is affecting Innistrad in terrible ways. Some terrible malevolent force is there, it's affecting it, what could it be, what could... Oh, it's Emrakul. To me, that was a big letdown in pacing. I feel like the pacing was completely off in how they told that story. I mean, they basically, they set up... Uh, one mystery, where's Emrakul? They set up another mystery, what's going on in Innistrad? And then they said, well, you know, you know the solution, it's it's both of it. it, it, it both of those things, it's just Emrakul. Ta-da! I don't know, it, it just felt very disappointing to me, story-wise. I get that. It's not that I didn't want to, to tie up things with Emrakul. No, that's not true. It's not that I wanted Innistrad to be exactly like Innistrad was last time we, we were there. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that they kind of... They kind of came back to it way too fast for me to be comfortable with this. I, 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 again, I think that pacing is an issue there. But even that is not really what we wanted to talk about tonight. But it does segue nicely into what we did want to talk about. So, I see what you did there. Yeah, see what, yeah isn't that nice? Uh, so, Rich, you wanted to discuss books. Yeah. I like to read. Do you like to read? I love reading. Reading is amazing. I, I was recently on, uh, I think I recently read this on Reddit as a shower thought, and it was that uh, reading is really just staring at a piece of paper for hours and uh, hallucinating vividly. And you know, that's not a bad description of reading. That's, that's, I get that. And I like that, that, you know, through through the power of the printed word and your mind alone, you can be transported to new and wonderful lands is what I'll say. And so some of those new and wonderful lands you could be transported to by reading official magic fiction on the Watsi website, and you will occasionally be disappointed. Some of them are really good. Okay, I think that their, their hit rate is much higher than it used to be. That's good. Some of them, not so much. Look, like, I, I don't know if you read the, run, the one with the Gitrog monster from Shadows Over Innistrad, but that one's no. really creepy. It is really well done. You should look that one up. Okay. Uh, but then there have been a couple of other ones recently that um, I'm going to say that I laughed while reading them and not in the good way. I'm not going to not going to name names because I know people worked hard on these, but some of them have been not uh, not so great. Some things are swinging a mess. It happens. They are. But some things are home runs. Why mm -hmm. don't you, Rich, tell me about a home run? Tell me about a book or a series of books or even an author that that you like. 
Well, let's see here. Uh, my favorite book yeah. is The Hobbit. Oh, okay, great. Tolkien. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, I don't like all, I mean, I guess I'm not going to say I dislike all of Tolkien's stuff. Sure. Because that's not accurate. Um, I don't know how to phrase it. He, he can be extremely tedious in his writing because he was not an author. Right. Uh, I'm not sure if people know. I actually took a literature class dedicated to Tolkien. Nice. Yeah, as an option in college, it was a literature class, and this one just happened to be Tolkien. That was my, you know, that was the option, was Tolkien. Right. And I thought that was a great class, so I took it. And um, I think te- he's a little tedious, but I do really enjoy the, the Hobbit's just my favorite book. Um, I don't know what else to say about it, but um, series I like. Um, I really like. Well, hold on. Let's let's uh, let's pause on Tolkien for a minute, because okay. uh, I I do have some thoughts here. I, I think you're right. I think the the Hobbit is a fantastic book. It's great. It's a great adventure story, like a great fantasy adventure story. Because well, it's it's written like a tale. It is. It is. Because his, it's not just oh we you know there's a one you know you, it's not just one here to here. This is what happens. He runs into all these different things on his journey that are kind of stories in their own right. Yeah. And that's what I really like about it. Right. It's multifaceted. It is. It's not just, I went from here to here, and that's my story. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say about Tolkien, and I think you hit the nail on the head there, uh, he can be a bit tedious. So, please, please don't start with the hate mail. I'm not saying that I don't like the the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I, I do. I enjoy them. But it's not the kind of thing that I could sit down and, you know, read all the time. One of the problems that I have with Tolkien is similar to a problem that I have with an author that I'm sure will come up later in the show. Not quite yet. I think we should save that one. Okay. So many of the characters have names that are similar, and there are a lot of details that get put in. Some of the the tangents and the little extra things that happen, they're interesting and make a lot of sense. Others, it's like, I don't really know why we just talked about that for 15 pages, but we did. So it, it can be a little... He can be long-winded sometimes. Yes. And that's that's okay in in doses. I don't like to make a habit of it. Well, cause, like an example, like one reason I don't I don't like a lot of books being made into movies cuz I just don't think most movies can do them justice. Oh, that's a very good point. And I'm not saying that the Lord of the Rings movies weren't good. Uh, no, I think they but were. The, the, I'm actually going to compliment cuz I actually think they did a good job cuz they kept what was important pretty well yeah. and they cut out a lot of what was wasn't. Right. Yeah. So it flowed a better, like, and I actually kind of think those actually make better movies than books almost, because like all the big action scenes that people love in the books or in the movies aren't really in the books. The books is saying this battle happened. Yeah. So, I don't. That's just kind of one of my thoughts. But like, I actually actively dislike a lot of books being made in the movies. Yeah, that's completely fair. They're usually a big letdown. Huge letdown. Okay, so that's Tolkien. Uh, but you were going to start to tell me about a series of books that you like. Uh, well, um, Harry Potter is a great series. It's one of the one of the series that definitely got me into reading when I was younger. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of folks listening were were in that uh, that boat as well. That uh, and then there was um, it's called the Inheritance Cycle. Um, the first or the Aragon series, as a lot of people call it, because they know okay. it by the first book of Aragon. Yeah. And the first book was out of this. Overall, the series is great. The first book knocked out of the park. Second book was just as good. Third book, he was only supposed to write three. Uh huh. And he ended up writing um, 
four because he said he made some character decisions that he had to explain and he was looking at over a thousand page book right and he didn't want that so he decided i'll make two books well he made two extremely long books based off one and it just got really he started getting into the like not even the level of tedium that um i complained about token like almost worse sure and so i just oh uh, who's who's the author on that by the way christopher palanini okay um, don't get me wrong. They are terrific books. It's a great story overall, just outstanding. But it just so that's a great series. It's just the last books aren't the easiest of reads as the first two were. Sure. All right. So well, I'll, I'll I'll have to check that out. So it it feels like just based on what we've discussed so far, that when it comes to reading, you're a big fan of fantasy. Love fantasies. Favorite. My favorite thing to read is fantasy. <laughs> Okay, excellent. Well, in that case, I have a suggestion for you with an author that I will likely revisit uh, a little bit later in the show. Uh, are you familiar with the author Jim Butcher? I am not. Okay, okay. So Jim Butcher has several series that you might be interested in. The, the one I'm going to point you to is a thing called the Codex Alera series. Codex Alera series. Codex Alera. The first book of the Codex Alera series is called The Furies of Calderon. Okay. And... Uh, this series, it's only, I think, five books long. It is, well, wait a minute, let me turn to the left, and I'll just read them off the shelf there. One, two, four, five. Five books long, because uh, I happen to be in, in our quote-unquote library recording right now. Um, it is a fantasy series set on a com completely new world that he had dreamed up. Um, supposedly, supposedly, he was challenged by someone else to write a book, a fantasy book, uh, riffing off of the idea of Pokemon. And I know that sounds crazy, but just bear with me for a second. So it's set in a world where people have access to and control of essentially like elemental spirits. Okay. And so they manifest themselves as what are called furies. And so some people are really good at fury crafting and can manifest these furies and do all kinds of amazing things with them. Uh, some people have a tiny amount of fury craft, uh, but it's... It's an incredible series. Uh, it's it's very character driven. There are a lot of twists and turns. Each book brings something new, uh, but it is a complete series. So it's not like one of these things that you'll get involved in and it'll just be like, well, now I'm 15 books in. Now what? No, it, it has a beginning. It's got an end, but each book is kind of its own standalone. Oh, thing. okay. Uh, so I really recommend them. They are absolutely fantastic jim butcher is one of my favorite living authors uh i've never read a bad jim butcher book okay so let's actually section this part off into what we i'll call completed series right now sure stuff that's done because there's a few series i want to talk about that aren't done yet that i'm right so we'll go with the completed stuff um and then we'll, i guess we we'll talk about standalones too yeah. Because so much is it just the way our world has gone. Everyone wants a series. Everyone wants multiple things. You know, they don't want just one movie. They don't want just one book. Yeah. They want a series. And I think, I think that's, that wrecks how some things go. Because mm -hmm. some people will write something and it wasn't meant to be a series and then they turn it into one. Then it's not a very great series. Yeah. They stretch it out and they try and milk it for all it's worth. And yeah. And then some people like start off writing like, oh, this I have a this whole, huge series planned. Well, the first one wasn't that great, or there's you know there's just you know maybe you shouldn't have made a series, right? Kind of because so. Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, 
like I said, like Harry Potter was out was great. Aragon was really great trilogy or su- cycle because it was actually four. Sure. So uh, um, another series that I'm going to call done simply because the author has now uh, passed away. I don't know if you've read any Terry Pratchett. But no. he has he has a series of books. They're all fantasy. Uh, they are set on a world called the Discworld. And the Discworld is a flat planet that is carried on the back of four elephants standing on top of the back of a giant turtle swimming through space. And uh, it's just as ridiculous as it sounds. It is... Uh, no. <laughs> it's, it's, he's British. Well, he was British. Uh, so there is quite a bit of British humor, particularly in his early books. This is one of those series that I'm going to say, uh, if you're going to read it, don't start with the first book in the series. So the first book in the series is called uh, The Color of Magic. And if you're really into British humor, if you liked uh, things like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and those sorts of things, uh, then sure, go ahead and start at the beginning. That's a book I need to read. Uh, okay, well, we'll come back to that in a second then. Uh, but if you're going to get started in the Discworld series, and there's something like 64 Discworld books, and there are some major characters that you can follow throughout the books. So, like, there's there's one set of books that follows these three witches, uh, and they're, it's not like he does just a chunk of those and then a chunk of the other ones. They're they're all kind of interspersed within each other, and it's it's a fully realized, vibrant world where the... Uh, events of one book do affect the future of other books. Okay. Um, so it's like kind of like a history of the world kind of thing? Kinda. Kinda. Uh, but again, it's, it's very, very funny writing. Uh, it's a very humorous world where magic exists, but towards the end of the series, they're starting to develop some technologies. Uh, so like, uh, one of the later books, they invent steam power. Um, there's, there's actually an entire book that is based around, uh, them instituting a post office. So they have a mail service on, on the disc world. And that sounds really stupid, but you're going to have to trust me. That's a really good book. It's called Going Postal. Um, he's, <laughs> he's got a whole series that follow, uh, death because death is an, an, an actual character. He's a fully anthropomorphized being. Okay. Uh, he always talks in all capitals. And he never has quotation marks around the things that he says. Uh, Death has a horse that, that he rides, because you know Death being one of the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. He has a, the horse's name is Binky. Uh, Why else would you? What else would you name Death? Name his horse? I don't know. And it's an actual real horse. It's not a skeletal horse because he found those way too uncomfortable. So he has an actual horse. Uh, there's one of the Death books where uh, Death decides to quit. He, he doesn't want to do this anymore. But, of course, the universe can't really handle that, so instead of there being one death, a bunch of little mini-deaths start to pop into existence. So, like, there's a death devoted just to people, a death devoted to dogs, a death devoted to horses. And eventually, at the end of the book, he, I'm gonna, spoiler alert, uh, he, he decides to take up the mantle of death, and he reabsorbs all of the deaths again, except for the death of rats and, and other rodents. And the death of rats is a little tiny skeletal rat. And all he ever says is squeak, but he says it in all capital letters because he's, of course, <laughs> the death of rats. And the death of rats continues to exist throughout that and other books. Um, but anyway, it's absolutely hilarious. Why, wh- why is this? That's all I can ask is why is this? <laughs> You're going to have to trust me. It made sense at the time. No, I, I don't doubt it. It sounds really funny. 
It is. It is. They're very humorous books. Uh, the only thing I'll warn you about, uh, they are relatively fast reads, but they're also addictive reads. They're the kind of thing that you pick it up and you're like, oh, I've got like an hour before I want to go to bed. I'll start reading. And then suddenly it's 5 a.m. And you're like, how did this happen? Yeah, I know what you mean. Where did the time um, go? The series I'd like to talk about um, that is similar is um, the Mistborn trilogy. Have you ever read that? I have not. Oh, well, have you heard of Brandon Sanderson? Uh, the name sounds familiar. Well, he um, he he was the author that finished um, the Wheel of Time after the original author died. That's why the name sounds sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah, he's the he's the one the uh, the original author chose to take his place after he passed away. Sure. Well, did he choose it after he passed away? Was this no like before? A okay, all right. Before, I think it was. I can't remember if it was willed or how it was chosen. I I could be inaccurate, but I'm pretty. I thought he was chosen. Sure. Because I remember an interview with Sanderson saying how honored he was to finish the one of the, his favorite book series. And he just he just writes, and something in a series, especially the fantasy world, is world building. Right. It's so important, and he's just so good at it. Um, let me give you a little brief, because the way it works, um, their magic, for what you want to call it as magic, uh -huh. is the, cons the ability to consume and burn metal alloys. Interesting. And so, like, for their magic to work, um, I'll talk about the most... Um, most common ones would be um, the ability to burn steel. So what they do is they consume like this like alcohol with vial, a vial of alcohol that has like flakes of steel in it. Mm -hmm. And the people, the people, because you, and majority of people can only burn one metal. Okay. And the, each metal has an ability. And the ability to burn steel, you have the ability to see and push metals away from you. So you'll you'll see like for like you'll like kind of start burning the metal and then your vision you gain all these blue lines mm -hmm. which show you where metal is compared to where your body is. Right. And so your ability to push so the everyone that every um misting they're called that had, can, had, can burn or consume a metal has um a nickname. Mm -hmm. And they call the steels coin shots cuz the their primarily offense is they take metal coins and they throw them, and then they push them, so they're like bullets. Ah, I see. And at this, and at this time, there's no guns. Right. They don't have guns. It's all sword and shield kind of thing. So that's kind of how they work. But then there's the Mistborn, who have the ability to burn and um, all metals. Ah. So because every metal also not only does it have the ability to an ability, but it also has an opposite. Okay. The opposite of steel is iron, and the people who burn iron pull metals towards them. Interesting. So, so eventually it is combat. The smart people in combat they actually don't carry much metal on them mm -hmm. because it's too dangerous. Because let's say you have a sword, up oh, someone who can pull it just pulls it away from you. Now you got nothing. Right now, what do you got? So it's a it's a terrific series. He actually wrote a second trilogy um, in the future in the in the more of the Wild West times where technology is advancing. Mm -hmm. And it's just he's a the guy's a terrific writer, and a, it's a really really good series. Cool. So that's definitely one I would recommend. I love it. Um, it's one of the f the favorite ones I've read in the past few years. Okay, so do we want to get into some series that are a little more open ended that aren't done that might yeah. uh, might be worth talking about? I've, I've I've got one. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this one out of the way. Okay. Okay. In in addition to fantasy, and most of what we've talked about so far is fantasy. I'm also a big science fiction fan. So. I like sci fi. I just I just don't read it as much. Right. Right. Uh, there is a series of books 
that uh, I I read that how to phrase this. I feel a little bit guilty for reading them because they're not great, but I do enjoy them. Uh, so there's there's a series of books by a guy. And I I want to say the author's name is David Webb. Uh, and they're called the Honor Harrington books because the main character is Honor Harrington. Okay. Um, it's set in the future. It's, it's a, it's a sci-fi series. Uh, it's, it's called the Honorverse because it's named after Honor Harrington. Um, how to describe the Honor Harrington books. So uh, she eventually becomes a, a captain of a ship in, oh, so it's a woman. Okay. In, in the Space Navy, uh, for her, her world, her planet, uh, kind of like her, the, the empire that she works with uh not like empire necessarily bad but there's there's this other empire that's kind of like evil that's uh that they're always fighting against the, the reason i call them kind of a guilty pleasure is in the end all of the books are essentially the same it's honor harrington gets into some kind of a, a terrible scrape with uh the other space navy and uh gets horribly wounded and somehow manages to save the day at the end of the book that's spoilers. That's, that's basically <laughs> how every book goes. Okay. But they're good and they're fun. And the weird thing about them is, uh, and I'm sorry, it's David Weber, not David Webb. Sorry. Weber. Um, the weird thing about it is David Weber has this really complex theory for how space battles should work. That's mostly grounded in physics. So, Whereas, I mean, le okay, let's be honest. Star Wars, Star Wars is a space opera. Okay. They don't think too hard about the physics of how anything works. It just works. You've got guns. They shoot lasers. You can see the lasers, even though they're moving at the speed of light, but it's fine. Don't think too hard about it. I don't want to think hard about it. I want to watch lasers. Yeah. David Weber goes the other way. He thinks really hard about it. So, uh, most of the ships that, that fight, they mainly do it with like rockets and torpedoes because that's the only good way to, to manage to do it. And the ships have this weird propulsion technology that kind of bends space time. But when it does, it creates like a, a shield around part of the ship where the drive is because it's warping space time and basically nothing can get through it. But they have to leave areas open that don't have this, this band of, of like energy on it because otherwise you can't shoot out because your own missiles would get blown up. So the space battles are more like, uh, I don't know, 17th century naval battles than anything else because these ships have to do these like broadsides where the ship will roll so that they're pointed, all the gunnery is pointed toward the enemy and they'll fire off a volley and then roll the ship some more to interpose that kind of band of energy that prevents weapons from getting through. And so there are these big, huge, complicated space battles that are going on. And there's this constant arms race from one book to the next as they get better technology and better technology to overcome these. And so they're weird and they're fun, but they're all, again, kind of the same. There have been a bunch of them, and I haven't even read the, like, the last three, because after the first, like, 12, it's like, okay, I, I, I get it. I, I probably don't need to do another one, but I, I can't help myself. Then, then I'll read them. It, I, I don't know. They're, they're fun. They're interesting. If you ever wanted to answer the question, how would a space battle subject to physics actually work? This is a pretty good example. So, like, when they use lasers, the first indication you get that your enemy has fired a laser at you is when it hits, because it's moving at the speed of light. 
Like a laser should. Like a laser should. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, the first book in that series is called On Basilisk, On Basilisk Station. Uh, so if you're interested in um, uh, David Weber, the Honor Harrington series, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's my guilty pleasure. That's fair. Everyone's entitled one. Right. Um, I guess a new series that I recently just read last week. I read the whole, the first two books in the last week. It's going to be a trilogy. It's the Summoner trilogy by a new author called his name is Taran um, Matharu. Okay. He's also he's English, I believe. By his um, but it's the it's the Summoner trilogy, and I really like it because it, again it has great world building. And like this goes by for shows, anime, a lot of stuff. What hence is what I like it is how well or creative their magic system is. Mm-hmm. And if it's just oh we can cast magic, ah magic, that kind of bothers me. It's a little sure. annoying. But for this one, the way it works is people are the only people that can use magic are their summoners, and that's all. And a lot of it has to deal with um, the, how noble their bloodline is. Interesting. Um. And what it is is they summon a demon and they bind themselves to the demon. So then they they feel um the em- like kind of the empathy of the demons. They don't really can't. They're not like mentally connected, but they're like emotionally connected. Uh huh. And the, the 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 demons give them mana to cast spells. And the way the, the way the the way their spell casting works is they focus mana into their finger, and then they trace or a, a symbol and it like actually write with their hands. Sure. And it's called etching, and different symbols give them different spells. Okay. So, and then their demons aren't aren't just all running about because they're actually not from our world. They're from the what's called the aether, and um, so this when they they can't live in our world forever, they, they get a little bit sick, so they have to kind of go inside your body, so you absorb them, and then you can still sense their emotions and still draw on their mana. Hmm. So it's really great. Um, it tackles a lot of different things. It's kind of I don't want to say it's – he definitely took inspiration for like – because part of it takes place in an academy, so you kind of get like maybe a little bit of a Harry Potter feel. Sure. Um, part of it is that um, you get the like a World of Warcraft kind of feel just because of all the different races. You know, there's elves, dwarves, and orcs and all that stuff. And then he also kind of tackles you know, the people's like discrimination against other races and stuff, and it's just really – Really great story. I mean, I'm just I'm a frust- a little, the most frustrating part about it is the third one's not out yet, and I have no idea when ah, it's going to be. I gotcha. So I know because I normally don't like to start things until everything's out. So that was my bad. Yeah. Well. Okay. That's that's fair. So the Summoner trilogy. Okay. I will. That one sounds interesting. It's, I recommend. There are like 350 page books, and I read all of them in a week. Nice. So they are definitely they hook you. They definitely do, like, they grab, they get really interesting. I don't know. I really liked them. I tend to be a binge reader as well, that, uh, you know, I'll go weeks without reading anything, and then it's like, well, I'm just going to devour these six books. Why not? Well, I got to a place, I had some books, and I want like, ah, oh, I wanted to read the books, and I just wasn't, got out of, like, a habit of reading, and so I set a goal for myself of reading 60 pages a day. Sure. And minimum, I can clearly read more. I'm not going to cut myself off. And then uh, that's why I started reading some books I had that I just never got around to. And then I finally just started getting back in the groove of it. Oh, so. hey, I know we're kind of late in the game on this, but I do have to ask the following question. Uh, reading, do you read on an e-reader or a tablet or a laptop or do you read paper? Uh, read paper. paper? Yeah. Love paper. I, I Overall, I have to agree with you. Uh, I, I own a Kindle. 
Uh, I actually own several Kindles because I've had a couple of generations of them. I do like the Kindle a lot, but if I'm reading just for pleasure, I would prefer to have paper than to do it on an e-reader. I just don't think anything beats paper. Yeah, it really doesn't. And I, I strongly prefer hardcovers, but I don't. The thing I don't like about hardcovers is I'm so careful about them. I can't. I don't like just bring them anywhere. Sure. And that, that's just um, one of my own kind of things about me is how I like. I'm um, very particular on my books. Yeah. Um. I I tend to read paperbacks just because I I find them to be more portable. Um, they are. For- I like that they've started coming out with paperbacks that are a little bit not so short and thick. Though you know a little bit bigger. Yeah, they're a little so, like taller. Yeah, they're yeah. easy to read because the beginning and end of the short, fat ones is, are so hard to read. I think I hate them. Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, let's uh, talk about. Want to talk about a series that we're not huge fans of? Oh uh, well, not yet because I've got at least two more series oh. I want to hit real quick. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Big fan of, and then then I do have at least one that I want to talk about that I'm going to get crucified for. Um, so, uh, earlier I mentioned Jim Butcher in relation to the Codex Alera series, which is, is a, is an amazing fantasy series. He really got his start and really rose to fame on a series called the Dresden Files. And the Dresden Files follow, uh, a wizard named Harry Dresden. Uh, here's, here's the shtick. Here's the hook. Uh, so Harry Dresden is a wizard in modern day Chicago. Okay. Like actual, honest to God, modern day, the world we live in, Chicago. There's, you go to the phone book, there's a listing under Wizards, Harry Dresden. Interesting. And, uh, he is, he is a practicing, uh, wizard member of the occult. Uh, there's a whole, like, wizard, I, I don't want to call it a wizard world. That's going to make it sound a little too Harry Potterish. Uh, <laughs> but supernatural stuff goes on all the time that most people just don't pay attention to and just don't see. Sounds like a great anime already. Uh, oh, it would be an amazing anime. Uh, they actually did a TV series, a live action TV series on sci-fi for a while. It got canceled fairly quickly, sadly. Uh, but That's where I think I've heard the name because that yes. name sounds familiar. Uh, the books are much better than the, the TV series, but the TV series was good. Uh, but it's, it's, once again, another very character driven. I mean, you really care about Harry Dresden from the get go. Uh, he's kind of a, a, a gritty noir sort of private eye is kind of his main function in the early books. Things get a bit more epic and the world hangs in the balance as the series goes on. The series is not done yet. It, it has an ending, supposedly. Uh, and I want to say there are something like 15 or 16 books so far. And I think he's got it mapped out that it's going to end around book like 20 or 21. Uh, but they're all good reads. Uh, Butcher is, like I said, he's one of those guys that you pick up his book and you read it and suddenly it's four in the morning and you, you have to work tomorrow and you kind of don't care. Uh, but if you like wizards and you want to see what wizards in the modern world might look like and how magic in the modern world might work, the Dresden Files, absolutely spectacular. I recommend them. You're a wizard, Harry. You are a wizard, Harry Dresden, in this case. I'm just actually, I've just started a series that I've heard very good things about, and I'm having a little difficulty with it's the King Killer Chronicles. Okay. Not sure if you're familiar with that at all. I'm not. Um, a lot of people are comparing it to Token, and I, I get it, totally get it. But they're comparing it to Token in a good way, and it probably will be. Um, it's just the thing is, it's a story. About a guy who's telling a story. Huh. So, you know how books can generally start off slow. That's just by nature. That's because it has a beginning. A book's yeah. going to be slow. 
Right. Well, this has two slow beginnings because you get through the beginning and then you get to the point where he's starting to tell his story and then you have another beginning. <laughs> I see. So it gets – that's something that um, I didn't care for a big bunch because it's um, – a little bit of the tedium that um, – J.R. Tolkien is that I think he's known for. I think there's a little bit of that. It's not terrible. It's not like, you know, some books where like I've experienced similar tedium and I just struggle to get through it. It's just not super exciting all the time. But um, I've heard they're really good. And I actually get to the point where it's actually starting to finally pick up for me. So I'm pretty excited about that. But I've heard a lot of good recommendations. Um, that's by Patrick um, Rothfuss. Rothfuss. So if you guys are okay. interested, if you guys really like Lord of the Rings and like that writing style, I would definitely recommend this because that is definitely something you're going to get. Um, so that's something I've experienced with it so far. Um, but I've had multiple of my friends have read it. They really, really enjoy it. Um, I guess the other series on top of I think everyone's going to know this series. That's the Song of Fire and Ice. Yeah, I was hoping you would bring this up because I, I do want to share some thoughts about this. But have go, you read go it? Ahead. I, I have not read the most recent book. Okay, so the one that's about five years old. That's, that's, that's re- right. Yeah. That's, all, that's the kind of reason he likes. The great gray-bearded glacier, yes. I have not I have not read the most recent one. Okay, now do you watch the show at all? Uh, I don't. Okay. But, but don't don't feel bad about spoiling it for me, although spoiling it for people who... Well, we're going to try not to spoil I, I, too I'm much. not going to talk about the show. Okay. I'll just talk about the books. Um, I like the books, but the thing is, it's not a book I can binge. And the reason why is... One, like any show, book, movie, life, there's going to be people or characters you don't like. Right. And the nature of um, A Song of Fire and Ice, people are going to call it Game of Thrones, but it's actually called A Song of Fire and Ice, is that it's told from so many people's perspectives. Right. And some of those people, because I'm not sure if you've watched the show at all or have read the books, you realize definitely every main character is not a good person. No, God, God, no. And so you follow people who aren't good people or just might be people like you just don't like. There's just characters I just don't like, like Catelyn Stark. I just don't like Catelyn Stark. I think she's annoying. Perfectly I fair. I think she's a super character. So when I get something really good, because I finished the first book and I have not finished um, the second one. For the reason that I have a problem with the books is I just lose interest so fast because yeah, so I'll, I'll get going through, let's say, a, a go, go to the first book. Well, there'll be a nice great Ned chapter. They have a John chapter and then a Tyrion chapter. And I'm getting going. Things are moving. And then I hit a Catelyn chapter. And then I look ahead and they're like, oh, it's a Sansa's chapter. Two characters I don't like right in a row. It just stops me dead in the water. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna voice what may be an unpopular opinion. Okay. I don't like the Song of Fire and Ice series. There, I said it. Okay, I've I've read most of the books. I don't I don't watch the show uh, mostly just because I don't have HBO and I'm not willing to steal it off the internet. So don't just tell me that I can do that. I'm aware of it. I've been around a while. I know how the internet works. But I don't like it. I don't like it for the exact same reason you don't like it. So uh, George R. R. Martin, when he writes, uh, he he does a chunk that's done from one character's perspective and he usually ends it on a cliffhanger. It's a page turner towards the end of a chapter. You're like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You're not going to tell me what's going to happen. You total ass. Instead, we are going to leap over like three countries over. There's this thing going on with a character that you haven't heard from in two books. Or you don't like, 
or that you don't like. And, and that's the other problem. Like everybody in these books, there are so many names that are so similar to other names that by the time I got to like book three or book four, they would bring up a character and I'm like, okay, I'm now following this character. Do I know this character? Have I ever seen this person before? How many books ago was it that I saw this person? Is this a new plot thing or is this a dangling thread from like six chapters ago? I, I just, I, I can't keep it all straight and I just don't care about most of them. I guess, uh, well, th- there's that. See, that's my big thing is there's so many characters I don't care about. Um, but, uh, how do I say that? Like, there's some ca- characters, I think there's actually a few characters that literally have one chapter. Yeah. In the entire series, they have one. Or, um, cause what happened in the, in the show, um, for people who uh, don't know, uh, they'll know, they'll meet Theon's sister, who in the book's name is Asha. Okay. But, and, but her name in the show is Yara, because Asha is spelled A, I believe it's A-S-H-A, Asha. But there's also a character whose name is Osha, and he didn't think people could have a hard time differentiating between the two, which is fair. It's very similar sounds and spelling. Yeah. And that's just that, you know, if that's a problem, why would you even write the character that way? I mean, I know I think it's a great story he's telling. I just, I have a hard, I have a hard time getting through with it. And my friend who likes series and he's read it, he says he don't think he doesn't think he'd ever recommend to someone to read it. Yeah. That's if if you like it, that's great. Okay, I'm not saying you can't like it. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying I don't like it. So, exactly. so don't and write it's... to me and tell me that I'm wrong. That's fine. It's great. It's an opinion. I just I find that I read it for you know hours and hours and hours, several days in a row, and at the end I look at it and I go, why did I, why did I do that? Well, it's like what did you accomplish? Well, I I watched some people die. Yeah, you watched a lot of people die. That's going to happen. I mean, to be fair, you watched a lot of people die. Tons of people die. And I get that. And people are like, oh, well, that's that's what this would be like living in a world like this. It is terrible and brutal. And yeah, it sure is. But you know what? Well, and, that, and that's what like R.R. Martin has said, or George R.R. R. Martin. He said that, oh, you know, to tell a story like you know, this in a war where the heroes don't die is just not realistic. Which that is totally fair assumption. But you know what? People don't always go for books for realism. We're not looking for Tom Clancy. Yeah. If if I want to read if I want to read about terrible people doing terrible things and lots of people dying, we have the news for that. I can I can do that. But I like my fantasy to be a little more escapist, shall I say. Yes, I would agree with that. And no it's a good like, I've I read the first book and I really like the first book. And then I got in the second book, and I got characters that I, I, I new characters that I really enjoyed. But there's also more characters that I don't like, yeah. who I don't care about, who I don't want to hear from, who just bother me. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't want to spend time with that, uh, to those people. Yeah, I have a finite amount of time for leisure, and of my leisure time, I only have a finite for reading. And I've decided I'm just done with uh, Song of Fire and Ice. That's fair. I mean, maybe someday I'll watch the show. And I know the show and the books don't have a complete one-to-one mapping. And as time has gone on, the show has diverged more and more from the books. I know they are two separate things, but they are somewhat related. Maybe someday I'll watch the series, and I'm sure it'll be good. But not right now. Too much other stuff. There is. And the the books and movies were very one-to-one for quite some time. But as the show progressed and the books didn't, Thank you, George. Um, they had to start diverging. Yeah. 
Like, I'm not sure if you ever, um, w- well, you didn't have HBO, so you probably never watched True Blood. Uh, no, no, I didn't. So that was, but that's also based off a book series, which some people don't realize. And they kept, um, one to one for about maybe three seasons, and then they diverged hard. <laughs> like, real hard, I guess. Just took an abrupt left turn. Yeah. Like, I heard they got real far off. Uh, my wife watched the show, and then I, um, so I have an idea how things went in the show, and then I kind of looked up to see how far from the book they went, and oh boy, did they ever. <laughs> well, because the, the show is pretty much centered around the love between um, two characters. Sure. And then she has a kind of a brief romance with another character. Well, the books are actually, the main romance is based off the other romance. Like, that's the main romance is that one. So it's really interesting how they chose to do things. Uh-huh. But they probably just, you know, gave people that one. Because the show, the book is like 12 books. The books are like 12, 12 books in the series. Sure. The show only went like seven, six or seven se- seasons. So, but, and honestly, I, that's how I prefer to watch my books is a TV show. Huh. They okay. can do it. I think they're able to, just because of Game of Thrones, they're able to tell these stories better. Um, because there's so much, like, I I hate book movies because they leave so much out. I mean, you can attest to that, I'd imagine. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. Well, they don't, the, the books, being a TV show, gives them ability to not leave so much out. Right. Um, let's see. Um, standalone books. Did, wait, do we get your, all your series? Yeah, you I, th- I think we I think we covered everything. I, I, I'll, I'll give one quick hit, and that okay. is if you're looking for some more character-driven sci-fi, uh, there's an author named Lois McMaster Bujold ha- who has a series of books called the Vorkoski- Vorkosigan Saga, and there's a whole bunch of books in it, quite frankly. They follow not always the main character of Miles Vorkosigan, but uh, his parents as well and some other related characters, but they're really good. Again, nice character-driven narrative books uh, set in a very interesting sci-fi universe. Uh, check them out. That's all I'll say about that. Um, I guess I don't the stand, the main standalone one I wanted to talk about is fairly new within the past five years. Um, it's Ready Player One. Oh, I've never read that. I've heard oh, very good things. My about it. goodness, you need to read that book. It's especially for you growing up in the eighties and knowing like because this guy is pretty much taking the, the you know he's like thirty years in the future from now and he's making everyone care about the eighties and it's awesome. Okay. Like just truly awesome. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, just a great book, um, and it got picked up for a movie, which doesn't worry me as much as it normally would because the person who's writing the script wrote the book. Ah, okay. Well, that's good because he is by profession a screenwriter, not necessarily an author of books. Mm-hmm. He's I guess he just does a lot of creative writing and stuff. And I don't know if this was his first book or not, but it's a terrific book that takes place. 40 years in future in Earth does not paint a good picture of what the Earth is like in 40 years, specifically, also including America. Yeah. And, um, what was I going to try to say? It's, um, guy, uh, kind of a nerdy game developer guy from the eight, not from the eighties, but that's kind of where he got popular with, um, Miss Pac-Man, you know, ba- real basic eight bit games. That's where he get, got his claim to fame. Mm hmm. And so what he decided to create an MMO, but it became so much more than MMO, it became how people interact in life because it's just um, so much more than just a game. Okay. 
It's like literally like everyone has like the accounts are free. Everything's free. It's a completely free game. Um, the guy, you know, is a multi hundred billionaire. I can't remember if it's hundreds of billions. I think it's hundreds of billions. And he makes uh, everyone has access to fr- as much free internet as they can. Um, you can go to public school there. It's like it, it is pretty much life, right? And but, but digital, but digital, and just and it's actually not just like on a computer. It's like the, you know immersive headsets, VR gloves. You can buy suits that make you feel everything that's happening. Sure, it's um oh, it's a, just a terrific read. It's a couple like three hundred some pages, and it's a super quick read too. Oh my god, I I read through it so fast. Okay, well I will definitely. You know, it's one of those that I've been meaning to get around to, and I just hadn't yet. So I will, I will make a point of that. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think you'd really like it, um, especially listening to some of the sci-fi you like. Yeah, I do, I do like sci-fi. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a terrific book, and I would definitely recommend it to anyone who hasn't re- read it yet and you enjoy reading sci-fi. Uh huh. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of other genres out there that people might enjoy. Like, I just, I'm not super into. Like, um, what do you want to call it? Oh, like the the spy books, all of that stuff. Sure. I'm not into that stuff as much. Uh, my dad really likes it, and I've read some good ones. Like I've read some Tom Clancy and stuff like that. It's just not always my personal favorite. Yeah. Uh, hey, did you read The Martian by any chance? I did not read The Martian. Did you see the film? No, I didn't see the film either. I it just I didn't seem to interest me very much. Read the book. It's okay. really good. I'll, I'll put that out there just as a, a, a recommendation from Clues for summer reading. If you never got around to reading The Martian, read it. If you saw the movie but didn't read the book, it's still worth reading the book. The book is better. It's I heard not, the books. I did hear the books a lot better. Yeah, it's not that the movie was bad. I enjoyed the movie. Oh, I don't um, like Matt Damon. Uh, that's that's fair. A lot of people don't. A lot of people do, though. Makes makes huh. a lot of bank. He does, and a lot of people do like him. He's just he's not for me. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But the book book is very, very good. That's what I'll say about that. Good to know. All right. Well, uh, a series that you've read that you don't like series that I've read that I don't like. Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm usually pretty picky about what I start reading. Well, like for me, I read uh, the hunger games. Have you read the hunger games? I have not. Okay. I read the hunger games and I really liked the first one. It okay. was great. Um, I liked the second one if you took the first hundred pages out, which were essentially retelling the first one. <laughs> okay. The third one was is what I consider one of the worst books I've ever read. Wow. I don't know how they made two movies from it. I honestly don't. Um, right. Because, especially since that book, like almost like probably seventy percent of the book like, happens in her head. Like she's not really doing anything. It's all like internal conflict. And in my opinion, she had zero character growth. She never made one decision. Every decision ended up making for her. And it drove, I hated it. I thought she didn't develop her characters at all. In the end, it was just kind of not my favorite. Okay. Real, real bad. I know a lot of people really liked it. And I really liked the first one. And I really liked the second one. And then I stopped liking it real fast. Like I plowed, I think I, I was sick for a few days, and I plowed through the last one. In those few days, I was sick, and I just was, I hated it. Like I was like, like it wasn't like I was miserable for being sick. I just didn't like the book at you all. Finished it out of spite. I did. I like. I just want to get this done with. I'm finishing. Like I'm going to finish this series. I'm going to get done with, and then I'm just going to forget. I try to forget I ever read that one. <laughs> 
at the risk of also uh, saying some unpopular things here. So I, I guess here's here's a series that I did read. I kind of wish I hadn't, but I did. So have you have you ever read Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card? I've read the first one. Okay, stop there. You're done. Okay. Do, do not read the rest of them. Okay, so first of all, uh, Orson Scott Card as a person has some controversial and unpopular opinions. So I'm certainly not going to try and, uh, and some, some political beliefs that I don't agree with. Okay. So I'm not, I'm definitely not going to try and throw business Orson Scott cards way, but Ender's game was a good book. It was fine. I, I enjoyed it. It was an interesting uh, idea. It was pretty well written. The later books in that series, they just, holy crap, they go crazy and they are totally not worth your time. That's good to know. So if if you were thinking to yourself, hey, I read that that Ender's Game, maybe I'll read the sequel. No, just stop. Just write. You're done. So no more. No more. That's what I'll say about that. Just donezo. Yeah. That's fair. I'm trying to think of other stuff that I've, I've just not been a fan of to advise people to stay clear of. Like for, the thing for me is when I run into a series, I almost have to finish the series. Yeah, I feel like for me, I don't I don't Ender's Game because I read it so long ago. That I don't feel the need to finish it because I can barely remember what happened. Yeah. Um, but like for like the the Aragon series, even though I stopped liking what I was reading, I still kept going. I still pushed through because in the end, I still like the series as a whole. I just there's books of the series I don't care for. Right. Which is probably for most people. Um, but like then I run into where like the uh, Hunger Games, where I didn't like where they went at all. I, so I actually, overall, I don't like the story just because I felt no character growth mm-hmm. anywhere. And like you can't write a, a trilogy without having character development. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. Certainly not going to have a satisfying trilogy without character development. No, I mean, you can't just leave from where you were to, to the back at that point. I mean, oh, was it? I mean, the Hobbit's called There and Back Again. You know, Bilbo left and he came back to right to where he lived. He was not the same person from when he left. No, he was not. And that's how it's supposed to go. He developed. He grew. He Something changed for him. I did not feel that way for Katniss Everdeen at all. And I've heard people say the movies make it better. and They might. They might make it better um, because they can actually put some action. You're not sitting there in someone's, you know, head. Right. Which is essentially what we were doing. Um, what do you, what, how do you prefer your books to be read? Like from perspective, first person, third person, I guess third person. Now that I think about it, third person is the, probably the most common nowadays. Yeah. But I'm just curious on what your perspective is. It kind of depends on the story. I, I think some stories are better told from a first person perspective. Some of them are better told from a third person. You, you, that's, you might like, um, the King Killer Chronicles then, cause it's actually told from both. Okay. Cause that, that's how it works, is it starts out from third person, and then the guy tell, starts telling his story, and then, so now it's first person, cause it's everything about him. I did this, this happened, you know, I felt this. Right. And then er, there's certain points when you switch back to the, out of the story, where it goes back to talking about what's happening. Sure. You know, the people that are telling that, that's telling the story. So it's actually pretty interesting. And like, there's even one point, he's telling a story, telling his story, and then he, someone else in that story is telling the story, and he tells that story from a first person's perspective from that person. It's very interesting how he switch that switches around, and it doesn't do it in, in a, as an annoying as an annoying point, like um, kind of like how uh, Game of Thrones when they keep switching perspectives that can get annoying. Yeah, 
Um, that was a that was a little bit of a problem I ran into with uh, Mistborn as well. The first book is told from two characters' perspectives. Um, the as they go on, it starts getting told from a bit more. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is because sometimes you just you hit that wall of oh, this is happening. Oh, this is getting good. This is good, good. Now this person is going to tell us what's you know. Now we're going to experience it from this person. It's like I want to go back. Yeah, I want to go back. Like I honestly wonder, like if you could bu- get the Game of Thrones books. And take like just like give me just all of Jon Snow's chapters and put those in a book. If you could actually read that story, it would be fine. I would read that book. Yeah. So I, I just I'm just wondering. I don't know. Like, would that story even make sense? Not knowing what's going on around the world, I don't know. So, but yeah, I, with you, I'd probably agree with um, the third person is probably a little bit of a better perspective. Yeah. Um, just because I think it starts better and exp- they, it's easier for them to kind of like explain things because sometimes, like, I hate when books. When a book greets you because mm-hmm. it's first person's perspective, that, that bothers me. Yeah, it's fair. And sometimes I don't think they exp- like when because clearly you don't know the way things are in their world, especially fantasy, because you know n- you never know. Right. Everything's a little bit different, um, and I just don't think first person generally does a great as better, good of a job as explaining what you should know about the world. So a couple of other things I'll say since uh, since we're kind of winding this up here. Uh, there there are some classic sci-fi authors that I absolutely love. I'm a big fan of Robert Heinlein, and I know there are people out there going, yay, and there are people out there who are just rolling their eyes. I freely admit Heinlein can be a bit self-indulgent uh, at times, and not all of his books are great, but... Uh, he was one of my early sci-fi authors that I really enjoyed. Uh, I like Arthur C. Clarke. Love, love his work. But I never, and I know this will be unpopular, never really got behind Asimov. I just never really cared for, for Asimov's books. I've read several, and they were okay. It's just it didn't grasp me the way Clarke did. I, um, I guess a question before we do leave. How, like, how many of the classics have you read? Like true classics, like, like what people what people would call a classic, like Bram Stoker's Dracula and things uh, like that. You know, Mary you Shelley's know. Frankenstein. A, a lot of the real like tentpole. Uh, yeah, I've read those, but it's been years since I read those. Um, some of the more recent sorts of things. I I, I guess I've read most of them now that I think okay. about it. I guess I haven't read like I haven't read any Jane Austen. Oh God! Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that probably won't be unpopular with our audience, but depending on the audience, there is. I have read Jane Austen, and I don't know why anyone would ever do that. Yeah. I think that Jane Austen is terrible, absolutely terrible. There has been in the entire time I was in school, okay, from from early grade school onward, I read every single book that was assigned to me for a class except for one. There is exactly one book I ever went out and purchased the Cliff Notes because I literally could not read it. <laughs> that book was Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> I fell asleep every three pages because I honestly didn't give a damn about anything happening anywhere in that book. So, I guess, a pop- unpopular opinion I have, which I don't know how much our audience will find it unpopular if they've read them, um, two books that are considered classics that I just honestly don't get because and it's most of it is I don't think they hold up. Uh huh. And that's one of the Great Gatsby. Okay, I'll I'll disagree with you. I really enjoyed the Great Gatsby, but it was I, th- I was also a, a teenager at the time, so. So yeah, yeah, you were like in the time of the Great Gatsby then. Yeah, yeah, I was. I I got it when it was new. 
Yeah. <laughs> First hit. Um, and I guess the other one would be Catcher in the Rye. Okay. I I don't think they're terrible books, and I'm not going to say they're terrible books because actually I don't because I didn't dislike The Great Gatsby. Sure. I just don't get the fawn over it. I don't think it's I don't get the it's an American classic. It it's timeless. I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. The other thing I'll say is that a lot of these timeless classics that they make kids read in school. Do they still do that? They make kids read in school. There are lots of books. There are lots of books that we've discussed tonight that I think are better than those books. Yes. Um, I guess like like I think Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. I think those are just fine. Eh, I didn't care for them. I mean, they're not the best. Books I didn't anymore. hate them, but yeah, they're fine. Um, I did. I will say, I really did enjoy *To Kill a Mockingbird*. Sure, yeah. I don't, I don't know that one's that one. I do consider timeless. Um, I don't know why that one is, but the other ones aren't. I just that one. That one just was really well written. I think. Yeah. Um, but, but for me, it's like I don't because I don't I don't put it to today. I'm like, this is a great picture of that time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where sometimes things. People confuse timeless where this applies to today, which I don't think is accurate. Whereas um, I feel like, like To Kill a Mockingbird is a great picture of that time of that con- part of our country. Whereas I don't know why that I don't f- apply that same logic to Great Gatsby, but I don't. Sure. And I don't really know why that is, but uh, I, don't, I read um, I read to Catcher in the Rye, and I and I remember everyone wanted to read it because oh he gets up he gets a prostitute. You know, that's high school. Like, yeah, well, he doesn't do anything with the prostitute. The dude is a freaking sociopath. <laughs> I don't know. I just, have you, have you read it, I assume? Uh, yeah, but it's been years. I don't remember. I just felt like it, it. there's no point to the book at all. Yeah. Um, Slaughterhouse Five, I comp- I've read, I think at least, maybe twice. Don't even understand it at all. Yeah. No, because that's the time traveling one, right? With World War II or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that at all. I don't. I, I know it's a big classic book. I don't understand. I don't understand it. I'm, I think I've read it twice, and I'm still completely lost. Hey, uh, you you gave me a good recommendation earlier of Ready Player One. You said I should read that. I Absolutely. I have a recommendation for you if you've never read it. It's a book called Good Omens. Good Omens. I have not read that. Good Omens. It's written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett together. So Terry Pratchett, big fan of him. Neil Gaiman, love his work. Good Omens, I recommend it. Pick it up, read it. You can find it in, in paperback cheap, I'm sure. Is it um, fantasy or sci-fi? Uh, it's fantasy. I, I would say it, it falls mostly into the fantasy. It, not not like true swords and sorcery fantasy, but more Sorry. supernatural fantasy. Oh, okay. That's fine. Oh, yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, there's one that my boss, old boss, recommended, and I haven't had a chance to start. It's a series called Magic 2.0. Have you ever heard of it? I haven't. So the way it works, uh, this is what I think will sell you on it because it's a cross between sci-fi and fantasy. Sure. Is there's this this hacker? You're following this hacker. Okay. Well, eventually finds a way. This code, the secret code that lets him hack life. Huh. Like he can like issue like like a lot of it's script like a script command for a bank vault to open, and it does. Or it lets him teleport all around, and it does. Nice. And so, and he eventually, he creates this back door for himself to travel back in time in case he ever gets into trouble. Right. And so he gets into trouble and he back travels into time. And apparently a lot of people did that. And this is the birth of where wizards came from because they create, they become like wizards back in time Ah. because they create this code of like, you know, colon, colon, backslash fireball. And he creates a fireball. 
So they're using coding and scripts to create magic back in time. And I, my boss says it's a terrific series. Interesting. I will take so, a look at that. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it's something I want to get to. Right. Well, I'm going to put a star next to a couple of these things I've written. Down. Okay. And I'm going to try and put some links into the show notes to some of these series. Uh, so if people want yeah. to know more, uh, they can find more. Yeah, I got a Amazon Prime membership. It's such a great idea because I just when I need a new getting ready to finish a book and I need a new one. Yep. Two days. That's right. It'll be here. Two days. It's been great. Oh yeah, big big oh, yeah. big fan of the Amazon Prime. But yeah, uh, I guess Terry can wait if like for stuff like very recently again. Like I can't um, tell you enough. Like this, uh, the Terran Martha Mothero. I want to, I butcher his name and I feel bad. Cause I actually tweeted him when I finished his books. I found him on Twitter. I'm like, I said, wow, wow, great books. He actually responded saying thank you. Wow. Right? That's cool. And I, I can't wait for the third one to come out. And I've, it's this feeling that I remember about and I hate it of just waiting for that next book to come out. Ugh. That makes me feel bad for George R.R. R. Martin's fans. Cause that series is over 20 years old and he wants seven books. He's only got five done. Yeah. And in 20 years. His fans, look, I, I will say there are a lot of folks who are impatient and giving him a big hard time about not being done. Look, I get it. Writing is hard. That's fine. I'm not waiting. I, I don't really care. But that's a long time to wait. It is. 20 years? That's a, that's essentially five years a book, and that's not exactly how it's gone. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say writing is easy, because if it was, I would do it. But, um... I I I my personal opinion is I think he's killed himself into a writer's block. Yeah. Like he said he's always known how it started, how he wants it to end. He's just got to get there. I just think he's killed out so many people he doesn't know how to get there anymore. That's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's so much pressure, I'm sure, cuz it is so popular. Well, and this is what makes me get like to shows that you know are basing themselves on books nowadays of wait till something's done. Yeah. Find a series that's done. It, and then, then you're not worried about writing at the time. You will be better off. Because if you're an anime fan, you wish they would always wait till they were done because, man, you are going to run into some garbage filler. You are totally going to run into some garbage filler. So thank God the TV shows don't do that as much. Yeah. So, but yeah, I definitely recommend that the, the Summoner trilogy. I, it's, if you like, if you like fantasy, I think you'll really enjoy it. All right, I'll put a star by that one too. So yeah, I gotta finish it. I gotta finish the first book in King Killer Chronicle, and then I'm gonna free myself a little bit and go to something that's not so tedious as the second one of that one will probably be. Sure. Just gotta get through it. I still, I'm still debating if I want to get through Game of Thrones or not. Uh, you know my vote. I, I know your vote, and I'm actually kind of w- with you on that. I've only went through one and maybe a quarter of the second book. Yeah, I oh, I just. I can't. Like, I can't. Like my, there's my boss, and he loves it. Loves it. And but and he's waited. He said he started reading in 1994, so he's waited. Wow. He's dedicated at this point. So, I don't know. I have a hard time waiting. Like I remember going through Harry Potter. She, I think she wrote a book like every two years. Mm-hmm. I thought that was tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember getting a book and getting through it really fast, and then it's like, oh, well, now I have to wait. I will say, though, I have read... The Harry po- entire Harry Potter series start to finish twice. Nice. But every time a new book would come out, I would reread the old ones. I see. So I have read all of them, at minimum. Uh, I've read the first one at least eight times. Mm-hmm. Second one, 
eight times or seven, you know, as it goes yeah, down the list. Right. Yeah. So that's a minimum. I know I've read it more than that. Cause, but I am a person who has a hard time. Like, great. Like, let's just take a, you know, a series like Harry Potter where there's seven books. I have a hard time of just grabbing one in the middle and reading it. Can you do that? Uh, not really. The only series, quote unquote, series I can do that with is Terry Pratchett. And just because the books aren't necessarily direct sequels to the previous one. Okay. So I can, I can grab one of those and just read it. Like, even though I know where everything is, I know all the stories, I know it all, it's still, I want to start from front to finish. Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, I do this sometimes with, with movies, right? So a movie will come on T, I'll be flipping through the channels and there'll be a movie and I'm like 20 minutes into the movie and I'm like, no, I have that movie on the shelf. I'll tell you what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna grab it off the shelf and just start from the beginning. That's fine. Oh, absolutely. I do that all the time. Yeah. Now, can you, like, let's say, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogies, can you just pick up number two and watch it? I'm going to say no, I can't. Okay, you, I can do that. I can do it with a movie. And I don't know why I can do it with a movie versus that where I can't with a book. Well, I, I'm only saying that I can't really do that with the Lord of the Rings. With, with other fair, movie series. I, fair so enough. Like, like, let's say I want to watch Empire Strikes Back. I can just watch Empire Strikes Back. I don't have to watch, this, watch the original. You know what the downside of that is, though, for me? What's I'll that? watch Empire Strikes Back. Then I'll watch episode five, four, five, and six. <laughs> this takes me a little bit. It gets me hooked where I have to watch them all again. Yeah. Yeah. But if people didn't know, episode, Empire Strikes Back is my all-time favorite movie. Well, it's a hell of a movie. It's, uh, and you know, the thing is, like, I'm a pretty stickler about good acting. Like, I like quality movies. I can't just watch something because it's entertaining. I like, so I need quality. Right. I will say, I do think Empire Strikes Back has a bit of the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. Okay. When Luke, when Luke finds out, he gets his hand cut off and finds out Vader's his dad. Yeah. That, no! That is awful. Awful Mark Hamill. And I don't think Mark Hamill's a terrible actor, because he's not, because he's proven he's a tremendous voice actor. Oh, an amazing voice actor. And he, he is a, I think he's a good actor overall in the Star Wars series. Just that one scene like that is just god-awful. All right. So, every, everyone now knows uh, Rich's favorite scene in all of cinema. It's right there. Oh, my favorite scene in almost all of cinema is when Han's about to be frozen. Oh, yeah. And she says, I love you. And he says, I know. Which that's he, one of my favorite scenes in cinema. Which was ad-libbed, you know. Uh, yeah. That's what, that's why, like, Harrison's like, he's supposed to say, I love you back. And he's like, it's not what Han would say. It's not what Han would say. And so they go, that's because, that's because Harrison Ford is Han Solo. Yes. Agreed. And that's why this, his uh, mini movie that's going to come out makes me a little bit nervous because someone else is going to have to play Han Solo. Yeah. There are a lot of things about that that make me nervous. But uh, look, hey, we're, we're getting way off topic. That's a topic for another show. Oh, are we going to do a Star Wars topic? Are, are we, we going to talk about how Rogue One had to reshoot like 70% of its scenes? Well, I was going to talk about a movie show, but I mean, we could just do a Star Wars show. Oh, I don't but know if we have enough hours in the day to do a Star Wars show. It's knowing as big of a fan as we both are. Either way, that is not the book show. Why don't it's we put this show. one on the shelf? Let's let's wrap this up. <laughs> I get yeah, that. Yeah, see what I did there? Yeah, that like is nice. That. We need to do a comic book show. Oh, God, we did. Yeah. I don't actively read a lot of comics right now, but I did on oh, my heyday. I read a lot. Oh, of me too. God, yeah. So many comics. And that People always think, look down on that form of writing. That is so wrong. That is it some is. terrific writing sometimes. There, there. Well, there is some chaff, right? I mean, there's, there, some, there's some truly but, terrible things. But same with books, though. Yeah. And oh, TV yeah. and movies. There's terrible for everything. I mean, look at pretty much most of Nicholas Cage's filmography. You're going to find terrible, terrible, terrible. You really are. Do you know what the funniest movie scene in the world is? Uh, is it from The Wicker Man? Oh my god, it is from The Wicker Man. 
Okay. Which scene in the Wicker Man? The end scene, clearly. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, sadly I do. It's awful. It's like one of the worst pieces of acting I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I just love that you knew exactly what I was talking about right away. Well, you had mentioned Nicolas Cage, so I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> I see the writing on the wall. You get me, Clues. You get me. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's put this episode to bed before we get too long-winded here. Look, it's, it's summertime. Uh, it's a good time for people to be reading. People are traveling. Hopefully, we've mentioned at least one <sighs> book or series of books that might be of interest to some of you folks out there. And I know we did a lot of sci-fi fantasy. Let us know if you, there's more series you're into that maybe we've gotten into or that you could recommend for us to get into. Yeah, you now uh, have a good idea of our tastes. So I'm not super into nonfiction, but there are some nonfictions I will read right um I, i'm not gonna read a romance so just don't bother recommending that yeah that's if that's if that's the main point i'm not gonna, like nicholas sparks i'm not gonna read it and don't recommend anything uh written by chuck tingle probably not gonna ring that read that either if you don't know what that means don't look that up you don't want to don't go down that road that's good to know uh, but there are ways to get a hold of us now i'm gonna give you multiple ways because we are transitioning to the to the new website and the new domain and everything here real soon now that i've got some time um our old ways to reach us so you could have reached us on our twitter we were at card advantage we still have that you can still reach us there you could email us at mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com and we do read those but the new ways to reach us we are at random discard on Twitter. You may have noticed that that has started to tweet when the, po- the, the show posts. And our email address there is randomdiscardcast at gmail.com. So randomdiscardcast at gmail.com. Oh. And I will start including all of those in the, uh, the show notes. Uh, but sometime by the end of the summer, we're going to retire the old card advantage stuff. Um, putting this out there this is the first time i heard what what the new email is uh yeah yeah i couldn't get random discard at gmail.com someone else has that bastards yeah well i'm not going to begrudge them that's fine it's a perfectly good name um we liked it so <laughs> uh, but we are at random discard i liked that uh, and and we are uh on the web uh both at uh let's see now i think it's cardadvantagecast.com mm-hmm. and at randomdiscard.com so again, all that all that stuff's going to be in the show notes, and we'll be we'll be making the full full blown jump in transition from one to the other here real soon. Probably by by October at the latest, I'd imagine. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think it'll be sometime in uh, in July or August that I'm going to okay. get that done. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's you know I'm trying to preserve. I mean, if I just wanted to cut off all of the old stuff, I could do it like tomorrow. But right. I, I want to port all of the old stuff to the. The, the new website and right that now the sense. new website just redirects to the old one because i haven't okay. got it all figured out yet but okay but there you go those are the ways to get a hold of us if you want to reach me directly your fastest way is always at lock on twitter spelled just like it is in the show notes i'm at law mage and i know i've been talking about changing that and wait, i wait, really well, my mage i was gonna say my well, I, I went real old yeah well we were talking about episode one when we started this show yeah um, that was my Twitter handle in episode one. I've been talking about changing it. And I just honestly haven't found anything I like. The one thing I really like that did just was has been taken. Yeah, I have a so, I have a similar problem. So, yeah, you want you want just clues, don't you? Yeah, but somebody has that. Apparently, it was related to a video game years ago in Japan, and uh, I don't I don't know how to contact the person because their tweets are protected, so I can't really just message them. Fair uh, enough. So, but. 
as near as I can tell, they have no activity in like three years. That's disappointing. It is. I haven't even looked at to see if Hoop has what I want to ask him for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want I want something with greed. Okay. Because greed's one of my favorite characters from Full Metal Alchemist. I was going to say, as in from Full Metal Alchemist, of course. Also from um, the character from Seven Deadly Sins. Oh yeah, hey, I I watched that recently. Did you Did you I, like it? I enjoyed it very much. I want more. Once you get past the fan service, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good show. Can't wait. The season two is supposed to hit in November, I believe. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Yeah, except it's November. That's far away. Yeah, but at least it's, you know, it, it's not that far away. At least it's coming. It's not like, yeah. oh, it'll be here eventually. Very highly rated as well, which is nice. I mean, Netflix will do a second season. Nice. Because I know anime is not cheap. No, it is not. It is So. All right. Well, uh, we were a bit off topic this week. We're going to do that from time to time. Uh, and we're not going to apologize for it because, hey, that's what we wanted to do. It's what and we keeps to us sane. And it keeps us sane, absolutely. But we will be talking about uh, Eldritch Moon here real soon. I um, like that name a lot. Eldritch Moon. It, it's grown on me. I like it more as time goes on. I like it more than Oath of the Gatekeepers. Uh, Gatewatch. Whatever. I don't care. It's stupid. Yeah, that's fair. Thank you all <laughs> very much for listening, and we will see you all next time. If I respected the name, I'd call it by its name. Yeah, that's perfectly fair. Perfectly fair. Uh-oh. You can use that for the sticker. <laughs>